We've all been talking about Devin White, but this week, two people that know him a little bit better than we do spoke about his actions, motivations, and what comes next. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, your daily podcast covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Day. We want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view every single day. Don't forget, you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter. I am James Yarko at JYarko underscore Bucks. And he is David Harrison on Twitter at DHarrison82. Your hosts of Locked On Bucks, credentialed media members covering your Buccaneers. I am the deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. David is a staff writer over at BucksGameDay.com, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the Buccaneers. We are here with you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the time being, along with our everydayers. And as always, we want to share our appreciation for your continued support of the show. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to BirdDogs.com slash LockedOnNFL, and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler, which is in my car. So you're just going to get a close-up of my hand because I left it in my car because I take it with me everywhere I go, except for apparently in my house. But get it. It's amazing. You'll love it. Coming up in just a little bit, we're going to be talking about the curious case of a New Orleans Saints player coming to the defense of receiver Mike Evans. And we're going to take an updated look at the Bucks roster. But first, with Devin White reporting to minicamp but not practicing, uh, he also didn't speak to media. But that didn't stop linebacker Levante David from talking about his young teammates and the offseason drama that we've all been experiencing. And Levante David said, quotes, I know emotion got the best of him, David said. I know Devin wants to be here. He wants to play here. You know, I talked to him throughout the process. Whatever that stuff was going on with him, I know the type of person Devin is. So I know he's ready to get back out there and play football and be able to help us win. So that's what Levante David had to say. James Jarko. What I have to say is, do you believe that Devin White still wants to be with the Buccaneers like Levante David says he does? I do think that a large part of him does want to remain with the Buccaneers. They are the team that took him top five in the draft. They are the team that he won a Super Bowl with. They are the team that paired him up with Levante David and helped him become the linebacker that he is today. So I think there's a lot of uh, emotion, a lot of feelings, a lot of admiration towards the Buccaneers franchise from Devin White. But as the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase has always said, everybody has a price. So that love and that loyalty and that desire to remain does come with a price tag. I, I like the old school wrestling poll. Right. There. That was, that was, that was very interesting. Um, look, I think, I think Devin White wants to be with the Buccaneers. So I certainly, I think all of his tactics were in an effort to, get a new deal out of the team. I don't know if I necessarily agree with the way that he went about it, but I think that all of those things show that he wants to be with the team long-term, right? Why would you want a long-term deal out of a team that you don't want to be with long-term? So that's my thoughts on it. But David Levante, David gave his thoughts on it as well as, and he also shared some things that he actually spoke to Devin about during this entire process, including 
Don't let your emotions get the best of you, Lamonte says. He told Devin White, sometimes that can backfire against you. People use that against you. He also says, show your passion. Just show that you love the game. You want to be here for the city of Tampa, for the organization, and you love playing football with your teammates, end quote. Now, I'm not going to put words in Lamonte David's mouth, but this statement made me think of something. Not saying it's what he was saying. Just what I was thinking after he said it. So I'm asking you this, James. To me, saying something can be used against you means that it may be unfair to use it against you, but still it could be used to frame you in a bad light. Do you think we and any other media outlet has been unfair to Devin White? Uh, I think it, it can easily be perceived that way. And I'm not saying just us. It could be anybody. It could be. Bucks Nation, it could be Bucks Game Day, it could be Joe Bucks fan, it could be Pewter Report, it could be The Times, it could be literally anyone because we don't know both sides of this story. All we know is Devin White requested a trade. Devin White was unhappy with the contract negotiations either not being where he wants them to be or not happening soon enough, any number mm -hmm. of things. So, yeah, the, the only thing we can do is go based off the information that we have. And if we don't have all the information, then, yeah, the, the information we do have can be turned around and, and used in a negative light towards somebody else without having the, the full context of everything that's going on. But at yep. the same time, with all the outlets essentially reporting on the same thing, it's very easy to give full context by giving the other side. So absolutely. It's, yeah, it's one of those. You hit every point I was going to make right Sweet. on the head. So here's how I'm going to kind of sum this up, right? Context matters. And knowing what you know is literally the basis of this job. We can only comment. We can only analyze what we know. Can't talk about what we don't know. And honestly, sometimes can't talk about what we do know because there's agreements in place and you can't talk about it. It's off the record yeah. or it's embargoed or what, what have you. There's, there's mechanisms, right? But in this situation, what we don't know is what we don't know. And I, I liken it like this, right? There's gotta be a mutual respect of limited knowledge here, right? So when you look at a, a receiver, for example, on a play and you look at him and say, man, if that dude had only run a post instead of running, I don't know, an out, that would have been a touchdown. And we ask him after the game, Hey, Mike, on that play, why didn't you run a post and seven out? It was wide open. What is he going to say? Play call tells me to run it out. I run it out. I'm going to run what I'm told to run. Well, guess what? We're going to run what we're told to run. When the news is Devin White requests trade, Devin White makes shady Instagram posts. We're going to run that. If you want to give us more information and give us more opportunity to understand with more clarity, by all means, please do. Um, I think the most important thing for us to do is kind of like you just did acknowledge that we're only operating off of what we know and that's that's the best job that we can do and then the, the fairest way to do this right but david levante david it's really awkward for me to say my own name in this wasn't the only one talking about devin uh former buccaneers running back leonard fournette went on the rich eisen show which was being guest hosted by tom pelicero that was a surprise to me when i saw the clip and was asked if he'd play any other position of given a chance to talking about how running backs really aren't getting paid these days and Le uh, Lenny said that he was actually a pretty good linebacker in the day. So linebacker Lenny could have been a thing, apparently. Uh, Pelicero then mentioned that top linebackers are actually being paid pretty well these days, to which Fournette responded, quote, I'm happy for them, man, those linebackers. 
That's what it's supposed to be like. I'm happy. I'm proud of them. And I'm quite sure my guy, my best friend, Devin White's up next to get that big contract. And you got to love when you get quotes like that because it's completely unsolicited. Like Tom Pelissero, go watch the clip. He was not prying for a Devin White comment in that situation at all. Like it just kind of came up naturally. James Fournette says that he's pretty sure Devin White's getting that next. He's the next guy to get that big contract, right? But what is a big contract to you? Like what kind of average annual value would Devin White have to earn in order to quote unquote get the next big contract? Uh, I mean, the, the next big contract for Devin White uh, or for for any inside linebacker, I would say would be a, a top five deal. We see it with the quarterback market every year. The the top guys are constantly being bumped into the top five of AAV. So to me, it mm-hmm. it kind of parallels to most positions. I won't say all, but I would consider linebacker to be one of those. Okay, so top five, which means that Devin would have to earn at least. million because $17 million is the number five annual average value currently as it stands. So he would have to make at least $17.01 million per year annual average value. And that's not fully guaranteed in his next contract. That equates to a five-year $85.05 million deal if it were to be a $5 million deal, five-year deal, which most deals these days are when you're talking about extensions for star players. Uh, Do you see a future? Like, do you... We've all kind of agreed. I, I think the Pewter Reports, the Tampa Bay Times, the ESPNs, like we all kind of agreed. The, the Trevor Sycamas, Devin's not a $100 million contract guy. He's not a five-year $100 million linebacker right now. Is he a five-year $85.05 million linebacker that makes him a top five paid linebacker in the league? Devin White at his best? Yes, absolutely. It's it's the Devin White against Baltimore last year. It's the the missed tackles. It's almost the... Not quite as bad, but still some parallels to Quan Alexander side mm-hmm. of Devin White that prevents him from being that $17.01 million a year guy. But at his peak, when New Orleans Saints in the divisional series, the entire Super Bowl run of, of the postseason, Devin White, absolutely. That's a $20 million a year player. All right. Interesting comments on Devin White from Levante David and from former Buccaneers running back Leonard Fournette as well. Up next, Devin White and Levante David have some new teammates now officially as more rookies have signed their first NFL deals. We will update the salary cap and look to see if any new moves could be coming. Are the Buccaneers done dealing in free agency? Doesn't necessarily mean uh, uh, not Odell Beckham. DeAndre Hopkins is on the way in, but is there more moves to be made on the horizon before training camp? That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Bucks is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. I'm going to have to take your word on that and Lululemon wears words on that because I've never worn Lululemon, but I have worn other shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. And I can tell you that Bird Dogs definitely fit better than those because they are made out of cloud knit fabric. If you've never heard of cloud knit fabric, it's okay because Bird Dogs literally invented them to make your shorts wearing experience even better. They're just like khaki, but they stretch to give you a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric, which is amazing. That keeps you cool and dry all day long. I wore a pair to the final mini camp practice for the Washington Commanders, and uh, I don't think that I stunk very well. I don't, I'm not going to test that with a whole lot of people, but I, don't, I think it worked pretty well. The best part is that Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. I already owned a pair of joggers. I'm super happy to have these two pairs of shorts. 
uh, in my closet. I'm very happily happy to have the tumbler sitting in my car waiting for me tomorrow morning for my water because I'm boring and that's all I drink. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler like James Yarko is displaying with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler and the best shorts you're ever going to wear. You don't want to take them off. You won't want to take them off. We promise you. Thanks for bringing Locked On Bucks, your first listener, your first view today and every day. Special thank you to all the everydayers out there who are tuning in, even during the dead period that we are about to walk into. We will not fear the shadows of the dead period of the NFL because it's only a month. We can make it. We'll do this together. Continuing today's conversation with an updated look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers salary cap and more everydayers. You're going to remember that we talked about the importance of these rookies getting their deals inked in a timely fashion. And on Wednesday, first-round pick defensive lineman Kalijah Kansi and third-round pick outside linebacker Yaya Diaby both signed their deals. Now, Kansi's deal has a cap hit this season of $2.635 million, with his contract being worth $14.49 million over the next four years. That includes a $7.54 million signing bonus. And, James, that means that between now and sometime in the next 12 months or so, Kansi will receive a total of $8.29 million, and then he will earn around $6.2 million in the following three years outside of all-star and postseason extras if he gets any of those. Uh, of course, Tampa Bay will have to decide whether or not they're going to exercise Kansi's fifth-year option right around the time of the 2026 NFL draft. James, what would you do if you just Wednesday signed a piece of paper? It was probably a packet of paper, but you signed a piece of paper that said outside of a suspension – you were going to be paid over $8 million in the next 12 months. Uh, I would pay off both my car and my wife's car and then buy myself a newer car and uh, completely renovate our home. Uh, you know, complete total renovation. We're talking every room is getting fully redesigned. And I will probably get our backyard pool operational again because we've lived here for almost a decade and the pool has never worked, uh, mostly because it's in ground and I don't want to hire someone to dig up the ground to fix the pipes. So, yeah, that's basically what I do. And, oh, of course, nice family vacation. So, yeah, that would that would that would be my plan. Now, David, you mentioned Yaya Diaby also signing his rookie deal, and he's going to count for 993000 against the cap with a base salary of 750000 a signing bonus of 243000 against the cap this year. His full bonus is for $974,000. However, um, you know, that means he will receive somewhere around $1.724 million in the next 12 months. So unless he earns any performance or postseason bonuses, it'll be about one and three quarters million. David, what would you do if you decide a paper saying that you'd get just under $2 million in the next year? Uh, first and foremost, I would punch you in the face for making more than me. Um, we're supposed to be partners. We're supposed to be 50-50 splits here. I will buy you um, your, uh, your uh, what's the term that I'm looking for? Your Number one most wanted pair of of shoes and of and J's. yeah any any of them it can be dunks it can be whatever and I'll get you that watch that you really liked uh, when we Ooh. were in Tampa for training camp a Brightling year. you're gonna give me a Brightling yeah you just sure. became I'll get you a Brightling you just you just became my best friend okay um, 
I would pay off my house and then I would buy one of our loyal listeners season tickets to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's what I would do. Now you're just pandering. I am absolutely. And I'm one upping you, which is why I went second in that question. So this means, so this news with Yaya Diaby and with Kalaja Kansas signing their deals, this means the second round uh, offensive lineman Cody Malk is the only unsigned draft pick left. He does have a projected cap hit of $1.36 million, according to Spot Track. Without Malk, the Buccaneer, Buccaneers, that's how you say that, are right on the line of the top 51 salary cap, which only counts the top 51 contracts for those who don't know against the cap until early September. And that's designed to give teams a little bit of flexibility when signing their rookies, adding some training camp free agents, all that stuff uh, before holding them to the hard cap number. Now all of their contracts, their active roster contracts come uh, to, to roost in the beginning of September right now, according to spot track, the Buccaneers are roughly $28 million over the salary cap that they'll be held to in September. That's, an insane amount of difference, uh, which means they're really around $30 million in the hole. If that number is accurate, I'm going to look, I'm going to be honest with you. That seems like a really big difference. I double checked it with over the cap, but that's what they say. So that's what we're going to go with. Um, that, that makes it about 30 million in the hole. After you add Cody Malk James, this means that there's some moves coming, but it doesn't mean that they have to be releases. They could just be contract restructures. Do you see any deals in the Buccaneers roster that you could see maybe happening to help this team uh, uh, navigate this? Because obviously they're not going to be $30 million over the cap. Uh, I I mean, obviously the the one that everyone's going to go to, uh, the low-hanging fruit is going to be extend Mike Evans. You extend Mike Evans, you can, you can cut down his cap hit for this year, move it into the future. Mike's a lifer. I don't see him going anywhere. That's why it really drives me nuts when people talking – People talk about him getting traded or he's going to be a midseason trade target. Or whatever. No, Mike, Mike Evans is a lifer. And for that, we love him. Um, other than that, I mean, yeah, it, it's going to take some some fancy, stealthy maneuvering by Mr. Jason Light to get this all figured out. But I don't see a, a player just kind of sitting out there that's like, oh, well, he's going to end up getting cut just strictly to save the money. And it might even happen yep. before training camp. I just, I'm not sure exactly what they'll do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the extending Mike Evans is that it, that is, uh, we are going to call the easy button, right? It's easy for us to say, it's not so easy for the team to negotiate, especially when you consider that Mike Evans is already on the books next year for $12.198 million in void year money. Um, so if he's not a Buccaneer, they're going to be losing $12 million for Mike Evans if he's not on the team. So let's go ahead, extend that contract out. Um, don't not going to get into all the logistics of contracts, but you take the three years of void money that he has right now, extend him out another four years, tack on four years to the current deal, maybe even add another void year or two on the back end of that into like 2026, 2027, uh, so, or well, 2027, 2028, that is. Um, and then just spread that money out a little bit too. And like you said, make Mike Evans a lifer and take that $23 million cap hit that he has this year and turn that into like an $8 million cap hit. And if you turn that 23 million into an $8 million, you need another three to five to $6 million, give or take, depending on how that goes. Um, and I've got the perfect candidate, James, and you're not going to be surprised at that once about this. Once you hear the name, if the team were to release outside linebacker, Anthony Nelson, they would save about $3 million. I don't hate Anthony Nelson. First of all, don't look at me like that. Okay. Second of all, look, this team's getting Shaquille Barrett back. And no, you can't guarantee health for anybody. They've got Cam Gill, who I hear is outside linebacker-ish. Joe Tryon Shoinka is coming back. Yaya Diaby, if he's doing well. 
You got KJ Britt, maybe hopefully takes a little bit of a step in his his next season. Servassier does. You can do some manipulating. Though I know those aren't all like your typical outside linebacker type dudes, but you do some manipulating of your defense. Maybe you go with some more four-man fronts than you did before. But I look at it this way, right? Anthony Nelson finished last year, ended up playing well over 50% of the defensive staff for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So if you just look at that, you're going to say, like, why would they cut a guy who played over 50% of their snaps on a whim to save $3 million? Well, when you look at weeks one through seven, he never played more than 29 snaps in a single game. What happened after week seven? Shaquille Barrett got injured. Mm -hmm. That is when Anthony Nelson's snaps went through the roof. And let's be honest, it wasn't that great. You know what I mean? Like, we all kind of came in saying maybe this team needs to draft an outside linebacker early. How much of an indictment is that on Anthony Nelson and his future with this team? To me, I think it's fairly significant. If they can't figure out other ways to manipulate, I'm not saying that's move number one or move number two, but if they can't find other ways to manipulate manipulate the cap to get under this number, I'm just saying Anthony Nelson's name. If you're talking about a guy to cut to save some of this money, you got Yaya under contract now. I think Anthony Nelson is that guy that you might see cut if that happens. Anthony Nelson is to David Harrison what Scotty Miller is to Bailey Adams. No, every day. That's not fair, but my logic is sound. You're you're talking about 29 snaps a game. If your starters are healthy, that's not losing very much, but you're saving $3 million. That, 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 that comparison is, is significant to me. I, I do believe that your logic is sound, but also anytime we get the opportunity to bring up how much Bailey hates Scotty Miller on this show, uh, we're going to do it. And our uh, our longtime everydayers should remember uh, that situation. But another situation that unfolded uh, this week is the fact that Saints defensive end and certified pain in the rear end Cameron Jordan came to the defense of Buccaneers receiver Mike Evans. So it's been a while since we've seen a Saints player effectively defend a Bucs player without cheating. That's coming up next on Locked on Bucks. Wrapping things up here on a Friday edition of the Locked on Bucks podcast. And I never thought, David Harrison, in all the years that we've been doing this show, all the years that we will continue to do this show, Never thought the day would come that we would say nice things about Cameron Jordan, but that's where we are right now. Uh, This is 2023, and down is up, up is down. Cameron Jordan's being a nice person. This week on Twitter, uh, at Nkeel Harry Goat. That's Nikhil Harry. Nikhil, yeah, I forgot how to pronounce it. It's been a long day. I'm still adjusting to a new job. So Nikhil Harry Goat on Twitter, that already tells you the thought process of this particular individual. Um, he he went on Twitter and tweeted out, who's a player you never understood the hype around? I'll start Jared Goff. Uh, or I'm sorry, well, that was... Nikhil that Harry was, didn't no. tweet that. Yeah, Somebody that, else tweeted that. He retweeted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the original. The original poster says, who's a player you never understood the hype around? I'll start Jared Goff. I will personally retweet that and say Justin Fields. But at Nikhil Harry Goat retweeted it and said, Bucks wide receiver Mike Evans. So he had shade deservedly thrown his way. And a lot of people came to the defense of Mike Evans. But one of those people... Uh, was Cameron Jordan, and he quote tweeted at Nikhil Harry Goat, quote, 
Anybody who think Mike Evans ain't worth the hype must hate stats or is a casual that never watches him. Men lie. Women lie. Numbers don't. Mike Evans, a 10,000 wide receiver, has produced 1,000 every season. End quote. What is happening? There's, there's there's two things here. First, I want to know how many people saw Cam Jordan tweet men lie, women lie, numbers don't, and was confused as to why he put a hashtag with an apostrophe S after it. All I'm very of curious about that because it actually reminds me of a story. I'm not trying to embarrass her, but my daughter my, once was on the phone and I can't remember who she was calling, but there was an automated thing that said, if you need this or something, push pound. pound. And yep. she was staring at her phone. And I could just tell, I was like, she has no idea what this voice just said to her. And yep. so I looked over her, I said, press the hashtag, and she pushed it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so nobody don't understand. Nobody under 25 understood what, what Cameron <laughs> Jordan meant when he did hashtag apostrophe S. Hashtag apostrophe S. Men lie, women lie, hashtags don't. <laughs> That's what Cam just wrote. So for those who don't get the reference, and look, there's there's some other songs where this says, but I'm fairly confident cam jordan was referencing a a fairly popular jay-z song called reminders uh, a reminder where he when he wrote men lie women lie numbers don't so it inspired me a little bit to honor cam jordan and his his chivalry and defending a box player i wrote a little poem here and if you go listen to the song reminder from jay-z after this you might recognize some of these these lines you ready for this james this is going to happen this is where we're at right now on locked on bucks what the hell have y'all done to even have an opinion on what Mike's been doing. What the hell have y'all won? Only thing you can identify with is losing. 9,000-yard seasons in a row. Who better than Mike? Only Jerry Rice. Nobody ahead of Mike. He crushed T.O. in his cowboy blue shoes. Made Jimmy Smith meow sweet like a kitten, too. 2014, 15, 16, 17, 2018, 2019, and beyond. 2020 won the Super Bowl II, 2021 did it again, and even 2022. Back to back, no matter the quarterback, he did what you won't. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Ain't nothing changed for Mike except the year it is. I think he has to send you a reminder. Here it is. That's obviously not to the tune that Jay-Z raps because I'm not Jay-Z and I'm not even going to try to do that. Whoa, that rhymed too. Um, <laughs> but... Will we do the coffee house snap though. Yeah, there we go. Um, look, bottom line is this. Uh, I mean, this man set a record, beat a record, and has continued to extend the record that was set by Randy Moss. Knock it off. Just knock yeah. it off. And I'm a sun devil, and I'll tell you right now, Nikhil Harry ain't the go to nothing. Okay? Just knock it off. Yeah, anybody calling Nikhil Harry a goat in their Twitter handle, they need serious, serious... Yeah. Uh, psychological evaluation. So, Bucks fans, that's at Nikhil Harry Goat. If you want to <laughs> chime in, at N K E A L H A R R Y G O A T on Twitter. Like, yeah. if you create an account for anything, just just go tell this guy he's off. He's wrong. Yeah, that was that was a real bad take. Real, real bad, real bad take. David, you know, I I answered the question. Uh. Nikhil Harry Goat answered the question. The original poster, oh, yeah, uh, you know, started this all by making fun of Jared Goff. So, who's a player that 
you never understood the hype around. Devin Witherspoon. Devin Witherspoon. Only because you just refuse to stop the Justin Field hate. Justin Fields hate. Because, see, I know you don't actually mean Devin Witherspoon. No, I don't. I actually if, love if Devin Witherspoon. I actually Witherspoon. thought about it, like going all the way back in all of my football watching days, I, I know I could come up with someone that I actually feel stronger about than than Justin Fields. It just so happens a coworker of mine and I were talking today about Justin yeah. Fields, and I mentioned it to you pre-recording, so I decided I would I would throw it out I there. Will t- I will tell you who my real answer is. Matt Leinart. And, of course, I'm referring to Matt Leinart coming out of USC. Matt Leinart, USC, not yeah. Matt Leinart in the NFL, because obviously that did not go well, which is what I'm talking about when everybody thought that Matt Leinart was going to be the next great thing uh, of NFL quarterbacks. And, and, again, I wasn't in media back then, obviously. But going back then, I actually predicted Jay Cutler was going to have the longest quarter, quarterback career of that class. And the top three guys, Jay Cutler, Vince Young, uh, and, and Matt Leinart. And that VY was going to be the most electric player in that quarterback group. And guess what? Uh, both were right, including the way that VY exited the NFL was also very electric. Um, yeah, I hope he's doing well. That's not funny. Um, but yeah, Matt Liner, I didn't I didn't get it at USC. I didn't get it going into the draft. And uh, obviously, he didn't get it in the NFL. Yeah, I think he's doing well, too, though. I think I might lean towards TJ Hushmanzada. And that may be because of where I'm located. Yeah, definitely. Uh, TJ, who's your mama? Yeah, TJ Hushmanzada got a whole lot of love in, in the Cincinnati area. And, I mean, he was good, but he was always Robin, right? He always had Chad Johnson slash Chad Ochocinco. And then, you know, there was all the hype around him not going back to Cincinnati and he's going to go be the number one for a team. And he goes to Oakland and he kind of stinks. So, I mean, I know like on this show, we talk about, you know, Chris Godwin could go to half the teams in the league and be a number one. But that's because he's shown that he could be a legit number one guy. TJ Hushmanzada was always kind of just feasting off of the scraps that were left because Chad Johnson got all the focus, got all the attention. And then when, when he was called on to be the guy, you know, Scotty Pippen going to the trailblazers, not so great, not, not, not impressive. So let's, let's do this. Let's end this episode and let everybody simmer over the weekend over this. Who's your bucks player that you never understood the hype on. And you're not allowed to explain it. You're only allowed to say a name. And then you have the whole weekend to watch everybody comment on why you're wrong. Wow, that's mm-hmm. that's tough. Um, Jameis. Oh, <laughs> Jameis. I mean, look, I'm at the same position. Josh Freeman is my guy. So, yeah. With that, we're going to get out of here. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. We want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view every single day. If you want to give the player that you never got all the hype around, Bucks and non-Bucks, you can do so by dropping them in the YouTube comments, or you can email us at LockedOnBucksPodcast.gmail.com or slide into the DMs on Twitter at LockedOnBucks. You can check out everything that David's doing over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out my work over at BucksNation.com. Follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at D Harrison. 82. 
Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.